Ruth. So let's turn to the book of Ruth, chapter 4. And we'll be looking at uh, the last couple of verses, uh, verses 13 uh, to 17. So again, the book of Ruth, chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. I'll read, I read it aloud for us. Please follow along and uh, bear in mind this is the word of God. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him, uh, laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Pastor Paul. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, in case you're wondering, I'm not, like, disappearing next week. I'll be around. If you're like, hey, why are you here next week? Um, I'll be around, and I'll, be, I'll be definitely be, you'll see me throughout the year. Um, I might spend some time kind of, you know, uh, exploring you know, other churches, not to move, but just to kind of learn and see how other churches do things. But, uh, you know, the, the plan and intention is for me to be around. So um, don't be weirded out if you see me next week. Um, but um, hello again and welcome everyone to church. Uh, I don't know if we did this. Can we turn to someone next to us and say, uh, welcome to church? And tell someone else and say, it's good to see you. All right. That's just to get a little bit of energy in here. All right. So over the last four weeks, um, I have been given the time to take us through one of my favorite books, uh, you know, the book of Ruth. And I don't know about you guys, but I I personally quite enjoy telling this story to you and preaching the truths of God uh, and his character to you guys through this book. And I I really hope that you enjoyed it as well and that you were maybe encouraged and blessed uh, throughout this series. I'm really going to miss this. Uh I think uh, doing this four weeks in a row has reminded me what a, what a joy and what a blessing it is to be able to speak into the lives of people that I love. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that I'll be, I'll be back here preaching one day soon. Uh, so please, um, yeah, keep, keep us in your prayers that I might come back, uh, yeah, wiser and better at what I do uh, for God's glory and for the good of His church. Uh, please have your Bibles open. We're going to kind of jump through the, you know, through the uh, chapter verse by verse, and so it'll help for you to have the Bible open. The theme of this final chapter is redemption. Redemption, uh, meaning turning something around. Uh, We saw death and sadness in the first chapter of this book, uh, and we will see life and joy in this final chapter. And in that, uh, we will see, again, the character of God shine through, Uh, that we have a God who, rather than leaving us in chapter one, in the bitterness of life, he is able to and wanting to bring us into the chapter four of life where there is joy and where there are blessings. Again, my hope is that we might see that this is not just a redemption story for Ruth and Naomi, but that this is is not just a story about God being committed to these two women in this story, but that this is a story that reveals to us the character of the God that we believe in today. 
and the God that I believe is right here with us today as we sing to him and open up his word. I, I hope and pray that as we understand these things about God, it'll be real to us. This is my God. That we have this kind of God on my side right here with me today. And I pray that you'll find encouragement in that, especially if you find yourself in a slightly difficult season of life right now. If there's one thing I would love for us to take away from this sermon is this, uh, and it's always been this, uh, God is committed to us. God is committed to us. Uh, why don't I pray? And then we'll dive into this final chapter of our story together today. Let me pray for us. Father God, I am about to share again with my brothers and sisters the gospel. Help us to hear it and receive it in our hearts and invite Jesus, our Redeemer, into our lives that we might enjoy all that you have planned for us and all that you have promised to us. Be with me as I speak. Help me to be clear. And I pray that you would do a mighty work in this place through this weak vessel. Receive all the glory and honor. This time is our worship to you. We love you. We need you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just going to dive right into our text today. Uh, if you remember the end of our last chapter, uh, we saw Ruth and Naomi have just received a promise, uh, an incredible promise. Boaz, their kinsman redeemer, the one that can marry and change Ruth's future and family, has said to Ruth, I will redeem you. But like any good love story, uh, there is a problem. Uh, there's a man who is closer in relation to Naomi uh, than Boaz. And according to law, that man had the right to marry Ruth first. And so, Boaz vows, if he will take you, then so be it. But if he will not, I will redeem you. Now, that sounds like a really weak vow. Uh, like, if he marries you, I'll marry him. If he doesn't want you, I'll have you. It's not... What we see today is that Boaz, he's had a plan. He's got a plan in his mind. He is determined to redeem Ruth and, and, and redeem her. Uh, he does redeem her in this chapter we see today. Let's go to verse 1 of chapter 4. Verse 1. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the redeemer of who Boaz spoke came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. Verse 2. And he took 10 men of the elders of the city. And said, sit down here. So they sat down. Okay, so this might mean nothing to us, but this is all part of Boaz's great plan. If you read, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 25, and I'm not going to read it now, there is a very specific way that a man could redeem a widow. And it had to be near this town gate with elders as a witness. And only then could the redemption process take place. And so Boaz right here is he's, he's setting up his plan right now. And then he goes to that location. He finds the Redeemer who has the rights to marry Ruth. He sits him down, and then he goes and finds 10 elders, sits them down, and with everything set, set up, ready to go, he begins to speak to the Redeemer. Verse 3, then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. Now, just a bit more context. If you read Leviticus chapter 25, again, I'm not going to read it there. It talks about the laws of redeeming, and it's not just... Redeeming is not just to marry widows. Uh, it's also about purchasing assets, and uh, in particular, real estate. Uh, so it was an immense privilege to be able to redeem 
the land of the family of the widow that had lost her husband. It was a good thing because you gain land, you gain riches, you gain assets, you gain wealth. The purpose of, of this system was to keep the wealth within the family. And Boaz here is telling this redeemer, hey, there's this land for you to take. It's rightfully yours. He's revealing to, to this redeemer, there's this land that's rightfully yours to take. Verse 4, Boaz continues, So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, for there is no one beside you to redeem it, and I come after you. And he said, this is the redeemer, I'll redeem it. So again, Boaz is like, hey, here's the deal. Uh, you have it. Uh, you can have it because if you don't have it, uh, I will. Oh, look, here's some elders. Oh, what a coincidence, right? You can redeem it right here, right now. Do it. Do it, he's saying. So he says, Boaz is kind of pushing a little bit, putting pressure on this redeemer. And of course, there is no good reason. There is no good reason for this redeemer to turn this offer down. So he says, I'll redeem it. Now, as the audience, it's easy for us to feel like, what's happening? Boaz, this is not the plan. What are you doing? This is failing. But you see, only when we understand how, how easy it is for the Redeemer to say yes to, this, this, to redeeming this family, do we appreciate what happens afterwards. Because straight after the Redeemer says, I'll redeem it, Boaz then says to him, verse 5, Then Boaz said, the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. And here we see Boaz's plan. Right after he gets the Redeemer and the elders all involved, right? He, he, that's why he hyped it all up, right? He, he, so that everyone would get their paperwork out and start the process, to initiate the process. He didn't want the Redeemer to go away and think about it. He wanted to sort it out right here, right now. And so after everything's been initiated, he then reveals a really important piece of information. That along with this land belonging to Naomi, the Redeemer had to marry and redeem this Moabite woman. And he exaggerates by saying she is the, the widow of the dead. Now, if you remember what I said on our first week together... There is a well-known story amongst the Israelites in Numbers chapter 25 where a bunch of Israelite men are walking through the land of Moab and they are seduced by Moabite women and God in his anger and wrath wipes out 25,000 men. All Israelites know this story and so Moabite people, but Moabite women in particular were known as evil, dirty, ungodly people. And so when the Redeemer hears about Ruth the Moabite, Look at what, how he responds. Verse 6. Then the Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. From I'll redeem it, of course, to I cannot, because it'll ruin me. You take it. Why? because of, of who Ruth is. And here's the, here's the first point I would like to highlight from this story today. We do not belong in this family. We do not belong in this family. Friends, as we get more familiar with Ruth in this story, it is easy to forget that she does not belong here. She's a Moabite woman, a foreigner, 
an enemy, unwanted, considered impure, the book is constantly reminding us of this. If you go back to the book of Ruth, each time Ruth is brought up, the author writes, Ruth, the Moabite woman. Why? Because it is easy to forget that she does not belong in the story, that she does not belong here. As we, the audience, get to know her more, it is easy to feel sympathetic to Ruth and grow in our love for this character. But that does not change the fact that simply because she is a Moabite woman, she does not belong here. I'm not saying she's a bad person. Far from it. But she does not belong in this family. And we see this again through the Redeemer's rejection of all the inheritance, all these blessings, simply because he wanted nothing to do with Ruth. And the crazy thing is, if we understood the context, and if we lived in these times, we would understand that this is actually the normal response that anyone would have had shown to Ruth, this small white woman. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we forget that we do not belong in this family. Uh, just because some of us grew up in church, or some of us have been at church for a while, uh, or perhaps because, you know, most of us know the gospel really well, or maybe because you've heard time and time again at church, you are loved. You know, we want you to be here. Somewhere down the track, many, if not all of us, have developed this entitlement about our place in God's family, our place in God's kingdom, our place in this church as Christians, and our place as members of God's kingdom. And in that entitlement, we have forgotten the truth of who we are. So we have stopped being thankful, we have stopped being amazed, and quite frankly, oftentimes, we don't look like people that think they need redemption. We carry ourselves with little to no humility as we approach God. And a lot of times, we have simply lost the passion and gratitude due to God for what He has done for us. And of course, we know what He's done for us. He died for us. He rose for us. He loved us. Yeah, yeah, I know all that. But do you know how unworthy you are of all of that you've ever received? I'm not saying we're bad people. Some of us, particularly if you're not a believer, can feel like this means I'm saying you're a bad person. You might be the nicest person ever, but that does not change the fact that as your background, you're a sinner. The Bible says in Romans 3, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is righteous, not even one. And then Romans 6, Paul writes, the wages of sin is death. Death here meaning no entry into heaven, but rather an eternity in hell. Brothers and sisters, let me remind us of our background, of your background. All of us here, we're sinners. We do not belong in this family. We have no place here. The rejection that the Redeemer shows Ruth in our story today is the perfect image of what we deserve because of who we are, sinners, unrighteous, and unholy. I really hope that sinks in today because sometimes we forget that we do not belong in this family. 
But God does not leave us without a redeemer. Remember, he never leaves us without hope. And this was the case for Ruth as well, because though she was rejected for being a Moabite, what we see next is Boaz, with all the love in the world, proceeds to buy the rights to redeem Ruth. Verse 7 of our, of our chapter today. Now, this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So it was custom and law in order to take on the redeeming rights of a widow. A transaction had to take place where one man would take off his sandal and give it to the other. Not sure why, just the way it is. If you read, uh, I think, Deuteronomy, there's, there's like other stuff too. Like you have to spit, spit in his face and stuff like that. It's really intense. Boaz had the will, but he also had to pay the price. And this was highly official, which is why he needed to have the elders there with him as witnesses. So with all the witnesses watching, verse 8. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. He, this is Boaz, drew off his sandal. Verse 9. Then Boaz said to the elders of all the people, you are my witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Kilion and to Marlon. Verse 10. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Marlon. I have bought to be my wife. Boaz fulfills his promise, the one that he made in chapter 3, and he fulfills his role as the kinsman redeemer. Though she was a Moabite, though she had no place here, he pays the price for her, and he invites her into his family, redeeming her. And we see that as the people standing around then start pouring out prayers of blessings over this family. Verse 11. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house, like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. Rachel and Leah, if you know the story of Jacob, were the two women through whom 12 babies were born. They become the 12 tribes. Essentially, they're praying, you know, as people do, have lots of babies, right? Um, but more importantly, with the redeeming act of Boaz, Ruth here is acknowledged as a member of the family of Ephrathah of Bethlehem. Do you see that? They say, as she enters into your house, and then she's not referred to as a foreigner or as a Moabite woman, but she's included in this group, the renowned Ephrathite family which is in the area of Bethlehem. Family of God, people of God, land of God. The one who did not belong in this family, now redeemed and accepted because of her Redeemer. And here's my second point for today. Really simple. We have a Redeemer. We have a Redeemer. Like I said, we do not belong in this family. Uh, the, the story, uh, the message, the gospel, none of it would ma- have any impact if we don't appreciate the first point. This is why, you know, you hear at church, like, you know, Jesus died for you, for you to call God's kingdom, oh, and doesn't really do anything in your heart. It's because maybe you've missed the first fact. You just don't belong in this family. That we are so far from being worthy of being included in the family of God, and yet God does not leave us without a redeemer, the one to turn it around. 
Just as he provided Boaz in the life of Ruth to be redeemed, to be invited and included in the family of God's people, we know today, you and I, though we do not belong in this family, we also have a redeemer that God sent to us and for us. And of course, his name is Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, Christ, our Redeemer, came and paid the price for our redemption. The tra- there was a transaction made for our redemption. It wasn't free. And the price wasn't sandal and spitting in someone's face. It was death. For the wages of sin is death. And yet, he was willing. Romans chapter 5, God shows his love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And this is why it's so exciting. This is why it's so amazing. Brothers and sisters, if we understand what a crazy thing it is, that Ruth, the Moabite woman, is now a part of the family of God, included in the story of God. Crazy thing that a book of the Bible is named after her. Then we would begin to appreciate what it means that you and I are able to sit here today and say, I belong to the family of God. And it would do something in your heart. Not because of anything I did. Not because of anything you did. Do you see, Ruth does not come out in this interaction at all. She has no part to play. No. We are invited and included because we have a Redeemer. A Redeemer who was so committed to us that he was willing to pay the price, whatever it costs, to redeem us, to have us, to invite us. That's how committed God was to Ruth through Boaz, and that is how committed he is to you and I today through Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, do you know that? I'm sure you do, but do you know that? And do you believe that? And does that amaze you and fill you with gratitude? I really hope and pray that it does because this really is amazing news. We do not belong in this family, but we have a Redeemer. And so verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Let me tell you something crazy about this story. I, I, I love this. I don't know if anyone picked it up. You know, as we read through the book of Ruth, all we've been hearing about is Ruth and Naomi and Boaz. But I said to you that this story is really about God and about his commitment to his people. And this, I, this I think, is the best evidence of that. God comes out two times in this, in this story, like explicitly. He comes out two times. The first time he comes out is in chapter 1, verse 6, where Naomi hears that the Lord has visited his people and given them food. Do you remember that? There was a famine. And in chapter 1, verse 6, it says the Lord visited his people and had given them food. The second time he comes out is here in this chapter, chapter 4, verse 13, when we learn the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. And do you remember? in the midst of the most bitter time of their lives, in the end of chapter 1, what was it that Ruth and Naomi needed most? They needed 
Food? And they needed family. And of course, we see that Boaz was used as the vessel to provide these things for them. But if we take a step back, what we can see is that it is in fact God in this story who provided those things that they needed. As he provided food, chapter 1, verse 6. And he's the one who provided family in chapter 4, verse 13. Isn't that crazy? I was like, whoa. That's cr-. Like, that blew my mind. He knew exactly what they needed, and he provided them exactly that. And everyone in this story recognizes that the blessing poured out in their lives is because of God. Not Boaz, not Ruth, not Naomi. This is all because of God's kindness and God's commitment. And so we see the women rightfully worshiping God in response. Verse 14. And the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. Back in chapter 1, Naomi asked to be called Mara, which means bitter. Here in chapter 4, we see that she's being called Naomi again, which means pleasant. Back in chapter 1, Naomi would have wished to have seven sons and not this small by daughter-in-law. And here in chapter 4, we see that the daughter-in-law was the greatest blessing in her life. Back in chapter 1, we saw people dying, Elimelech, her sons. And here in chapter 4, life is being brought into the world. This, brothers and sisters, is the image of redemption that I believe God has for his people. That there are, there are seasons of life that, that are like chapter 1, where there is suffering and where there is hurt. There are also seasons of chapter 4 that God will bring to us because of his great love and commitment to us. And in case you don't know, he knows what you need. Just as he provided food and family to Ruth and Naomi, God will provide exactly what we need in our lives as well. Why? And this is my final point for this chapter and for this book, because God is committed to us. Because God is committed to us. I love this. The, the story of Ruth does not exist to help us understand suffering better. And, you know, it's not, it doesn't exist to help us, you know, hope for a better day in tough times. That's not what this is about. Rather, it helps us understand God who is with us through those tough times and know that a better day will come because I have God with me. Whether in this life, but if not, in eternity for sure, through Jesus Christ. And what we see through this story again and again is that we have a God who is committed to us, a God who is wanting to provide exactly what we need. And if you don't believe that, this last few verses will, will show us that. Verse 17. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And if you know redemption history, you will know that David, King David, has a child who 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 is Jesus Christ. 
If you read Matthew chapter 1, this will tr completely transform Matthew chapter 1. There's like a genealogy. And you're like, oh, that's the part that everyone skips, right? There are all these names. And if you read through that list, you see Boaz. And then a bunch of other names that go down, 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 down. And then you see Jesus Christ in that line. My point is, brothers and sisters, this whole story of Ruth, all these things that God did, did you know? All these things that we just read about, He did it to bring Jesus to you and me. To you and me. That's how committed He is to us. That even in this story of Ruth and Naomi, God has you and I in His mind. And redeeming us through His Son in His mind. And inviting us those who do not belong in this family, to be a part of his family in his mind. That he has this moment in his mind, 2,000 years later, that I can stand here in Hunters Hill and tell you guys that God loves you and invites you through Christ to be a part of his family. He is so committed to us that though we do not belong, he sent us a redeemer, exactly what we needed. Jesus Christ, that through him we might receive redemption and an invitation to be a part of his family. Isn't that amazing? So this is my, my invitation and encouragement to you today. Why don't you open up your heart and receive him again today? Jesus Christ, the one that God has provided to us today to receive redemption. If you are a Christian, you've been a Christian for a long time, maybe through prayer to reflect, again, I don't belong here, but I have a Redeemer in Jesus Christ. And to be amazed again and wowed again and blown away again through, by that truth, uh, but for a non-believer as well, to know that, yeah, you don't belong here, but you can belong here. God has made a way through Jesus Christ because he is so committed to his people. He's committed to bringing people into his family. That is the point of, of the story of Ruth and Naomi. And I hope and pray that, that you see that, how amazingly committed God is to us, even today, through this story. I pray that that would draw your heart to run to him and, and reach out to him and, and worship him together today. And I hope and pray that you do. Amen? Why don't, we, uh, why don't we pray together? Uh, the, the prayer that I want to invite us to pray today is, is quite simple. Why don't we ask God to humble us in this time that we might remember, not just with our heads, but in our hearts, how unworthy we are of all these things that we say we're promised all these things that we say we have all these things that we celebrate as a church and as a Christian that we take for granted and feel entitled to because we that's what we do you know every week we just celebrate it why do you celebrate it why don't we ask God to humble us in this time remind me how small I am how unworthy I am how much I do not belong here to such a people God sent a redeemer his son Jesus Christ that he did all these things in the Bible throughout the Old Testament all the stories 
all the things that happened that we've heard about in Ruth, but also the other books of the Bible, all of that eventually to bring us to this place where He'll bring Jesus Christ, His Son, to us to be our Redeemer, that we might receive redemption and salvation and an invitation into His kingdom. It's an amazing thing, brothers and sisters. Let's not take it for granted. Humble me, Lord, today. Remind me of how far from you I am. And uplift me, Lord, as we remember the Redeemer that we have in Jesus Christ and all that He promises us, the price that He paid, that we might have those promises to be able to hold on to today. Fill our hearts with gratitude, amazement, and worship again. Humble me, Lord. Humble me, Lord. When we just take that time to do business with God, just ask God to remind us of these amazing truths again. Let's pray, church.